Hey everyone, and welcome back to the program. This is Glenn, and you're listening to the Raised by Whoops Fake Radio Show. A bit of housekeeping before we get started today. Uh, We're going to be doing some live tapings of this show in three different cities in the month of August. We'll be at Massey Hall in Toronto on August 14th. We'll be at the Cannon Center for the Performing Arts in Memphis on the 16th. And finally, we'll be at the Legendary Fox Theater in Oakland, California on August 29th. All shows are 7 to 10 p.m. local time, and uh, please bring a non-perishable food item for the local food bank if you can. And uh, we hope to see you there. Now, if you had told me all the way back in April when we started this plucky little show that we would be doing live tapings in historic theaters across North America, I wouldn't have believed you for a second. This has been an amazing ride, and I never in a million years thought it would take off like it has, so thanks again for the support. And that was a complete fabrication. Uh, We don't actually have any live tapings booked. Uh, That was just me practicing for the inevitable day when we do make a similar announcement. So thanks for indulging me, and stay tuned on that front. The only genuine announcement I have for you today is a new episode of the show entitled Panic in the Cradle of Liberty. I'll let the story explain itself, but I do want to say a heartfelt thanks to the folks who keep pressing play on this show. We appreciate all the listeners and all the feedback. The goal of this thing has always been to connect with people who might see themselves in some of these stories. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe if you can, because on top of the seeing yourselves in our story stuff, we also want to become famous. I wanted to close today by saying that the vast majority of the feedback we get goes to an account that only Andrew monitors, so I've created a segment called Glenn Response to Feedback that may or may not exist. Uh, Okay, here we go. First one here is from Daryl. Thank you, Daryl. That is very kind of you. Uh, Second one's from Susan. Uh, Yes, Susan, we do write all of our own material. Uh, Thank you for the complimentary message. Uh, This is Allison. Uh, You're right, Allison. Uh, We do consider ourselves visionaries of sorts. And to use your phrase, we do think that we are guiding humanity to a better place one story at a time. Thanks for the vote of confidence. Uh, Irene. Hey, Irene, while using... What? Okay. Let me start this one again. Uh, Hey, Irene, while using our show as a sleep story is fine particularly my stories, which you've highlighted as excellent sleep inducers. I just wanted to say that that was not the original intent of our writing, but I'll take the positive tone in your message nonetheless. Thank you. No, Jake, I don't think my voice is reminiscent of, in your words, a whiff of cat urine after a heavy rain. And by the way, that doesn't even make sense, man. For what it's worth, I think I've taken huge strides in improving my recorded voice as of late. And the last one here, uh, it's from Pam. Uh, And no, Pam, uh, I'm not coming back. I gave you my best years, and you gave me a vacate the property notice. Man, I should have used a pen name. Uh, Okay, thanks again, and as Andrew said last week, please send in your stories and music and messages. All are welcome. Happy 4th and happy Canada Day from the RBW Show. It seemed like a pretty straightforward plan, but I have a knack for complicating even the simplest of endeavors. 
My partner and I had booked a five-day holiday to Philadelphia. It was the end of summer in 2013, and we were looking for something to bookend the road trip season. We had two objectives that we wanted to accomplish on the excursion. One was to become better acquainted with the city. We've always loved wandering aimlessly in major cities, people watching, sipping local coffee, and getting a sense of the intricacies of daily life in a different place. Philly was a blind spot for us, and we wanted to rectify that. The other was to watch Roy, Doc Holliday pitch. Holliday, who tragically perished in a plane crash in 2017, was an idol of mine in my teenage years. He pitched for several seasons with my favorite baseball team, the Toronto Blue Jays, and now in the twilight of his career, was pitching for the Phillies. On a bright, early September morning, we pulled out of our driveway and headed for the U.S.-Canada border. The motel we booked was in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, a town of about 20,000 people and situated a half hour from the city center. We chose it because, for starters, King of Prussia is a fantastic name for a town. It was given that moniker in the 18th century after a local tavern called the King of Prussia Inn, which in turn was named after King Frederick the Great of, you guessed it, Prussia. The other reason we chose it is because the town is home to one of the biggest malls in the U.S. I don't generally like malls or shopping, apart from the necessities of life, but I'm a curious person, and as I mentioned, I love people watching, and malls are great for that. We crossed the border into New York State without issue, and shortly after merging onto I-81, I felt some scratchiness in my throat. Great, I thought. I'm getting a cold on the first day of vacation. I have a penchant for worrying at the best of times, but in the summer of 2013, I had an additional reason for being on edge. I had kicked a lengthy alcohol addiction about a year earlier, and I was still learning how to exist in the world without that crutch. The primary cause of my alcohol dependence was a struggle I had as a teenager with health anxiety, or hypochondriasis, which on the worst days escalated into panic episodes. What I discovered back then was that drinking went a long way towards wiping out my imagined fears and panic, so I carried on with that remedy for years afterwards. Now, without alcohol to temper my racing thoughts, all kinds of hypothetical worst-case scenarios floated around in my brain. What if I have to go to the hospital while I'm down here? If so, would they accept my Canadian insurance? What if it's something more severe than a cold? As we headed south on the interstate, I stacked these and other worries on top of each other until I had worked myself up into a lather. The throat scratchiness evolved into soreness by the time we pulled into our motel several hours later. Exhausted from driving and worrying, I fell into bed with the hope that I would feel better after some rest. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be that lucky. When I awoke in the morning, my sore throat was still going strong and I had developed a bit of a cough. Determined to not let my obsessive worry over a probable cold virus derail our trip, I decided to purchase some potent cough medicine and power on. After chugging some extra-strength Dayquil in a Walgreens parking lot, we set off to make the most of the day. The baseball game in which Holiday would be pitching was scheduled for 7 p.m. that evening, so we had the whole day to explore the city. We decided to visit the Reading Terminal Market, followed by a stroll through Fishtown. As we wandered through the market, 
checking out the various food stalls, I began to feel feverish and quite tired. A sore throat and mild cough was one thing, but once I had it in my head that I might be running a fever, my anxiety went into overdrive. Compounding things was my recollection of a commercial for a healthcare organization I had seen on television once. In the ad, a middle-aged gentleman recalls that what he thought was a harmless sore throat actually turned out to be the first symptom of what was an eventual leukemia diagnosis. My anxiety was quickly turning into panic. I told my partner that I was starting to feel worse and that a nap back at the hotel before the ball game would hopefully help matters. As we departed downtown Philly for the half-hour drive back to the motel, I couldn't stop thinking about that man from the commercial. My fucked-up brain began to convince me that I was dying of leukemia right there on the interstate. As cars whizzed by on either side of us, my mouth became very dry and I was having trouble catching my breath. My partner handed me a bottle of water and was coaching me to breathe deeply, but it seemed to be too late. I was in the throes of whatever this was, likely a panic attack, and I couldn't wrestle back control. When I started to feel like I was going to throw up, I knew that I needed to pull off the highway. I yanked the car onto the narrow shoulder right beside an emergency stopping only sign. This situation solidly met that criteria. Once stopped, I jumped out of the car to see if some fresh air might settle things down. It didn't. My nausea intensified, my heart was beating out of my chest, and I still couldn't produce any saliva. Perhaps the most distressing part, though, is that I genuinely believed that I was dying. I thought it was only a matter of time before I collapsed into a heap, never to awaken again. You can laugh if you'd like. It was all quite surreal and farcical to my partner as well. She hadn't a clue what to think, having never seen me or anyone else in this state before. We needed a plan, and fairly quickly, as vehicles were flying past us only a few feet away. The biggest obstacle we faced was that my partner didn't drive, and there was no way I was getting back behind the wheel. She did have her license, but tried to avoid driving at all costs. Still, with the breath I had left, I was screaming at her to take the wheel and get us off the highway. There happened to be an exit ramp not far from where we were. She was understandably hesitant, having limited driving experience, and now being summoned to navigate our way out of trouble in the sixth biggest metropolis in the U.S. Unable to patiently await her decision on the matter, I started flagging down oncoming traffic with the hope that someone would stop and safely drive our vehicle off the highway. Car after car after car drove by, some visibly laughing at me, others ignoring my desperate plea for help. Philly's a tough town. It must have been quite a sight. I probably wouldn't have pulled over either for some dude with crazy eyes, flailing his arms in dismay. After resigning myself to the fact that the cavalry was not coming, via a good Samaritan from Philadelphia, I returned to begging my partner to please, for the love of God, drive us off the highway. With no other good options, she finally relented and very carefully proceeded toward the exit ramp and mercifully off that extremely busy stretch of road. I knew she had it in her. There was a gas station immediately off the highway, so we pulled in to try and de-escalate the situation. But there was no de-escalating to be had. I could not for the life of me get a hold of myself, and we asked the gas station attendant to call the paramedics. A short time later, 
we were in an ambulance heading for Bryn Mawr Hospital. The emergency personnel in the ambulance were peppering me with questions, wondering what the hell was wrong. Once in transit to hospital, I began to calm down a bit and I was able to deliver a somewhat lucid response to their inquiries. I told them that I had a suspected cold virus and that suddenly that cold turned into severe dehydration, nausea, and hyperventilation. After taking my vitals, they assured me that I would be fine and we started shooting the breeze about matters unrelated to my health. After telling one of the male paramedics that we were in town to watch Roy Holiday pitch, he informed me that his scheduled start had been postponed due to injury. God damn it, I thought to myself. Another dagger to the heart after what had already been a shitty start to the day. If somehow I was released from hospital in time for the game, the guy I came to see wouldn't even be on the mound. We arrived at the hospital around 3 p.m. The staff expeditiously wheeled me into a room and set me up with a saline drip. They took a few other tests and determined that everything looked fine. As soon as the saline had replenished my fluids, we were free to go. I have to admit that I felt pretty foolish laying in that hospital bed. My panic had completely subsided and I was left feeling exhausted and slightly embarrassed. I tried to explain to my partner that my attack was truly frightening and that I was powerless against its assault, but I still feel like I had more explaining to do. These are the kinds of circles that severe anxiety drives you in. It's not bad enough that it puts you through the ringer in the form of an out-of-control episode. It then makes you feel guilty about going through it. The mind is a powerful thing, and sometimes in a profoundly negative way. Once released, my mind immediately went back to the ball game. Even without Holiday to watch, I still wanted to have an enjoyable evening at the park. God knows I needed it. It was now around 5 p.m., and rush hour traffic was the main obstacle standing between us and arriving at the park by 7. Before we could worry about traffic, though, we suddenly realized another problem. Amidst the chaos of calling an ambulance and trying to get to the hospital as quickly as possible, we failed to make note of where we left the car. We didn't know the name of the gas station, the town, or even the general vicinity or direction that the car was in. We hopped into a cab at the hospital's main entrance, and told the driver that we were going to a gas station we didn't know the name of, located directly off a highway exit ramp. Which highway is that? he asked. I didn't have a clue. We spent the next 45 minutes driving around the area looking for this mysterious gas station. I could tell the driver was getting irritated asking us the same question over and over. Does this look familiar? he'd ask. No, we'd reply. How about this? Nope. Finally, after asking a number of his colleagues over the CB radio if they had any ideas or suggestions, we got some help and found the car. At this point, I was wondering what else could possibly go wrong. Thankfully, that would be the worst of it. We got in our car and drove straight to the ball game. Incredibly, we only missed the first few pitches of the opening inning. After that traumatic experience, Philly had left a bad taste in our mouths, albeit through no fault of its own so we decided to spend the remaining days of our trip in New York City. Ultimately, we didn't achieve either objective we set out to accomplish. We didn't get to see Holiday, and we didn't get to properly tour the city. Oh well. Que sera, sera. Someday we'll endeavor to go back, and when that day arrives, I'll make sure to pack the Xanax.
Thanks for tuning in to the Raised by Whoops fake radio show. This is Glenn. Both Andrew and I are grateful for your time and attention. If you enjoyed that story, we'd appreciate it if you could tell your friends, family, or even a few strangers about the show. Additionally, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have a short story you'd like us to tell, or even some music you'd like to share, you can reach out via the website, raisedbywhoops.com. We're glad to have you with us. Till next time, thanks, and take care.